This week, we talk about setting goals and hitting them. Hello everyone, welcome back. JD here once again with the Gaming Off the Beaten Path podcast. And you know, I do, believe it or not, actually have goals. I mean, most of those goals are stupid, but like they're technically goals, right? Um, one of my stated goals this year is to play through the entirety of the Quintet Trilogy. You know, you'd think like maybe my goals would be to like learn a new language or something because why waste time with a hobby I enjoy? Why not, you know, pick up something that something else could enjoy to, to spend my spare time on? That's a rant for another time, maybe another podcast episode, maybe later down the line. But for now, back to the Quintent trilogy, uh, which is a series of pretty highly regarded action RPGs that for whatever reason, I never got around to playing as a kid, and that's kind of odd because I played tons of RPGs in the 90s and aughts. I hit most of the main titles on the Super NES where all of these things are, but I missed these three. Uh, the three games in question, for those that don't know, are Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, and Terranigma. At least two of those games came out in the US. Terranigma was actually never released here, which is kind of weird. Because uh, it was translated into English and released in PAL regions, but it never made its way stateside. Um, some people do consider the Grandstream Saga, which I played a long time ago, I think in the first year of the blog. It's going to be the fourth game in this series, but it's not always the case. Um, I can understand an argument for both sides. Um, but either way, I did play the Grandstream Saga. These games always seemed up my alley, and especially Illusion of Gaia was always available for rent at my local video store, but it just kind of passed me by. So anyway, the three games aren't related to each other story-wise, though they do share some gameplay elements. Uh, They're called the Quintet Trilogy because they were developed by a company called Quintet, duh, and published by Enix. Not Square Enix, folks, just Enix. Remember, they were different companies once you know, once upon a time, and I really miss them being different companies. I, I, I really do. Figured I'd start with the first game in this pseudo-series, and that would be 1992's Soul Blazer. Uh, figured it was a logical place to start, and, you know whenever I can, I tend to like to start at the beginning of, of stuff like this. Um, just because a lot of times, second, third, fourth, whatever entries, they had a certain quality of life improvements. And if you start with them and go back, it becomes hard to start with the first game. So I went with Soul Blazer to start. Uh, As I already discussed, it's an action RPG for the Super Nintendo, and it does actually have some commonalities with Quintet's previous Super NES offering, a game that I'm sure anybody listening to this has heard of, ActRaiser. Again, not mechanically. We're not doing any side-scrolling or town... We're sort of doing some town building, Um, but it's not SimCity-style town building. But like in ActRaiser, you play as a servant uh, of a deity, or I guess rather in ActRaiser, you kind of were that deity. Uh, You serve a deity called the Master, and you have been sent down to the Frail Empire to rescue its citizens from an evil spirit called Death Toll. Real original name there, guys. 
Death Toll has managed to bring an end to all existence in the Empire, trapping everyone and everything in layers guarded by vicious monsters. And it is up to you, the unnamed protagonist, to make your way through six areas, clearing out these layers and restoring people, buildings, and animals to their proper places. So for all the similarities thematically to ActRaiser and mechanically, I'm sure, to the two games that follow it, the first game that immediately came to mind for me was Dark Cloud. Um, and I'm actually very surprised that these two games have absolutely nothing to do with each other because the gameplay loop isn't just similar. It's nearly identical. Uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I like Dark Cloud. Uh, and Soul Blazer obviously didn't have as much going on feature-wise. It didn't look as good. But it also lacked a lot of the gameplay annoyances that plagued Dark Cloud, uh, another game I reviewed, I think, in year one. Uh, this largely is because it's much simpler. You've only got one character instead of the six or seven. I don't recall off the top of my head. You're equipped with the sword and magic attacks. Dark Cloud did suffer a lot because of its ranged characters were very overpowered. It required a ton of opening menus and switching, and that's not really as much of a problem. It is a little bit, but not as much of a problem in Soul Blazer. But at the end of the day, the core gameplay is very similar. You work through large labyrinthian dungeons, clearing monster layers, and solving puzzles. Each monster layer is either going to open a new path in the dungeon or unlock a structure or character in the hub town. Each of the six areas has a hub town with the dungeon around it. Some of these characters provide helpful information. Some are just for show and others are critical and needed to advance the story. You don't need to clear every monster layer to continue, but there's rarely a reason not to do so. Uh, the same is collecting for collecting items, uh, though some swords and armor are required to beat the game. Uh, for instance, the bubble armor is required in St. L's, which is an underwater area, and your character needs it to breathe. Uh, there's a certain sword that can... You know, there are enemies that resist attacks, and one of the swords you find is the only one that can destroy those enemies. Things like that, you know. So the magic spells, they're unique, they're varied. Uh, you have a stationary bomb, a fireball, a barrier. They all have their uses throughout the game which is kind of nice. And, and another thing that and I feel Dark Cloud didn't do as well. And again, you know, the town building isn't as detailed here, which I kind of uh, almost like, like, you know, you're, there's not that added pressure to put the buildings in the right place. Uh, maybe for somebody that's more into Sim City or, you know, Sim kind of games like that, this would be a negative. But for me, it was just another, you know, another thing like one less thing I had to worry about. So again, each of the six areas has a hub with a dungeon or several dungeons around them. There's a good variety of locations. Uh, you have your standard town kind of aesthetic with grass Valley. You have the aforementioned St. L's, which is an underwater area. You've got Magrid's castle, um, which is a big sprawling castle with a dungeon and torture chamber and stuff like that. Uh, you have General Leo's workshop, uh, or Dr. Leo, I'm sorry, <laughs> wrong game, um, which kind of has an interesting vibe to it. Uh, as you progress, there will be 
more challenges, more monsters will shoot. They'll move in a more regular pattern, or you'll have to contend with damaging floors or falling debris or, or other environmental hazards. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's relatively fair and a nice challenge. Uh, I will say there are a few points where Soul Blazer does become a little monotonous. Uh, many of the monster layers can be cleared just kind of standing in one place and swinging your sword, especially early on. Um, like once you know where all the monsters are going to come to, you just stand in that one place and tap the A button and they will just disappear without hitting you. Um, with the right combos of stats and armor, you can start taking tanking damage in late game pretty easy. The bosses are challenging, but it's kind of in like a problematic way. They all sort of encourage you, for lack of a better term, to cheese them rather than actually learn their patterns to defeat them because some of their patterns are just ridiculous. Some of the damage they output is just ridiculous. Um, so it's almost better. You're better off finding a, a kind of a cheap way to beat them rather than, than doing it the way that it was intended by the developer. Uh, the final battle with death toll on the other hand is a bit disappointing. Uh, not super into giving spoilers away. I, again, I know the game is 30 years old, um, but still it's a little bit disappointing. I'm actually surprised that there's a pretty decent story here. That wasn't really the case in for a lot of action RPGs, especially in 1992. Uh, but Soul Blazer does have some interesting things going on. A lot of it does require reading between the lines, but I actually kind of like that. I, I think it's a problem with media in general, where like every plot point or every plot twist has to be shoved in the face of the viewer or player like, look at this, pay attention to it, pay attention to it now, guys, pay attention to it. I don't know if it was intentional here, but this doesn't do that, and it kind of works. Soul Blazer does get surprisingly in-depth about the meaning of life, what happens to us when we die, why we love our animals so much, and, you know, things that you wouldn't think a game this old of this type would really touch on doesn't go as deep as a modern game or even a game from like the later nineties, like a, a late, late fourth gen, early fifth gen game would go, but it's still kind of cool. And for as little character development as there is, you really start to care about the human and animal characters. Cause you can talk to animals uh, you interact with, and also the world they live in. Uh, I, I think this is backed up by quality NPC dialogue. There's not a lot of it, but it's surprisingly good for an era known for its absolutely abysmal translation. Um, you know, again, I, I have you, especially that I mentioned before, there's a character, Dr. Leo, who's very important to the story. He has some good dialogue. His daughter is very important to the story. Um, you know, the animals in, in in the various areas are important to the story as well. And the fact that their dialogue is as good as it is really helps kind of carry things. So at the end of the day, Soul Blazer's a simple game. 
that checks all the boxes of a first game in a series that sets a clear foundation for what's to come. Uh, it's really rough around the edges and locks a lot of the features that even its contemporaries would offer, right? You know, it's one thing to be comparing this to a game that came out in 2023 or even 2010. But even when compared to something like Secret of Mana, it, it, it lacks a lot in, in certain features. It does have issues as well with the menus. You can have only one item equipped at, the, at a time. And you're mostly going to want that to be a stat boosting item. But there are going to be times where you have to switch to you know, either the medical herb or the magic jar. Um, so you have infinite continues. You, you can't truly die in soul blazer but if you die you lose all your magical gems and the magic jar prevents that from happening if you die with it equipped and the medical herb if you take lethal damage with that equipped it'll fill your health back up so you no know, sometimes you have to switch to those and sometimes it's required to be done like on the fly uh you really do need to know all right one more hit's going to do it for me because the on-hit invincibility isn't very long, so an enemy will drain your health pretty fast. Um, again, it's very clear this was kind of a, a first game in the series. However, it offers some really solid level design and plenty of fun, fun moments. Uh, I think all of these dungeons are laid out relatively well. S sometimes when when you have a game like this and the dungeons are a little too simple that's a problem but they kind of went with an if it ain't broke don't fix it mentality right they're not trying to overthink trying to create this big grandiose labyrinth that and, and you know it, at the end it, it just gets messed up and it isn't fun or is just tedious it doesn't you know it it keeps it simple in a good way you know, it didn't blow me away, but it was a good time, and it doesn't require as much patience as a lot of retro games do. Um, it's very simple. You can control with pretty much two buttons. Uh, hit detection's decent. It cuts a good pace, and that wasn't always true with games of this era. It's the kind of game that, that might not be transcendent, but even a modern gamer could pick it up and, and have a good time with it. And, you know, it has me pretty excited for the next two Quintent games, uh, which I've heard relatively positive things about, especially Terranigma. Um, you can tell by looking at Illusion of Gaia and Terranigma that they definitely took things up a notch just by looking at, at, at screenshots. Um, you know, I do have grandstream kind of on my mind a little bit as well and that game had a share of flaws maybe i'll link in the description here uh to the 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 write-up i did on that a couple years ago um because that it had its issues it's a very nostalgic game for me but it, i'm not going to pretend it didn't have problems kind of problems that soul blazer didn't really have um with pacing especially so as for soul, you know, as far as soul blazer goes, it was a great starting point. That's definitely worth checking out. It's not going to change your life. It's not a top 
you know, 200 game of all time, but it gets a good solid 7.5 out of 10 from me. And with the potential that that might go up once I, I think about it a little, a little bit more. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you for stopping by once again. I hope to see you back and happy gaming.